welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, um, I, w- I think I would like to start again with the serenity prayer. Um, so let me say it. It grants me the serenity to extend the things I cannot change. The wish to change the things I can and them to another difference. I will not mind them. Amen. So, uh, dear brothers and sisters in recovery, thank you all so much for letting me talk and making me feel welcome. Um, I feel especially blessed as we have a newcomer here who is mm-hmm. the most important person here. And, uh, wow, I'm praying that the higher power puts into my mouth what each and every one of us at this meeting needs to hear. Please let me be a pure channel to deliver thy will. So I would like to start with what I'm experiencing right now, besides being nervous about talking in English, which is not my mother tongue. Um, At this moment, most of my children are facing a very challenging situation. One of them is recovering from a hard childbirth, and she's facing a medical problem for a few weeks now, and she's still very weak and hurting, and she's not well. Another has a special needs child, and they still didn't find the right school for him. And I can tell that my son is having a very hard time. And the third child of mine is facing emotional problems, and I feel like something is collapsing around me. So, by default, I tend to lose myself in the situation and get swallowed by emotions like panic and anxiety. In the program and through therapy, I'm learning that uh, even though I may not be the main character in the story, I'm still also a human being that has emotional needs that need to be taken care of. And I'm learning to take responsibility for that. So for me, this is the meaning of 
self-compassion. And I have no doubt it's something the higher power wants me to work on. Higher power wants me to live and live happily. He wants me to take care of myself, and it's a big part of it. Today, I am the only one who can really give myself this containing, this validation, of course, through connecting to the higher power. I'm learning in the program and through therapy to take responsibility that I cannot get that inner embrace from anyone else who is outside of me. I want to be a friend of myself, to be able to love myself. And this gives me strength, resilience, and eventually enables me to help others too. And uh, the way to find my inner resources is through prayer and meditation, and also some techniques, actually, with maybe I'll have time to get back to that later. Uh, By the way, you know, this week I went out with some friends who are not program members, and we were playing with uh, therapeutic cards, and I got the question, what is the most important ingredient in making one's life happy. (laughs) So um, someone started humming a song about giving, which was nice, but I was looking for something deeper and I told them um, connecting to a spiritual source of power. I really believe in that and this is the way I try to live my life, which is working for me. So, um, getting to the subject of flexibility and compassion, it was actually suggested to me by a program member who asked me to talk about it at a meeting. But when I started to think what I have to say about it, I realized it's actually an important part of my recovery. Um, My first connection to women suffering from addiction was um, a daily phone meeting in Hebrew, which I kept, by the way, for many years, and it worked wonders for me. I actually had two phone meetings, morning and evening, for five or six years, and it was amazing um, till it dissolved. Um, so I remember I was still very green, and the moderator, the, the um, leader mentioned addicts tend to view the world in black and white. I remember walking on the street outside of my house and hearing that, and it was the first time I realized And I shared later that I'm also like that. And it took me years to to see it and um, 
until it became clearer to me. Personally, I tend to automatically mark everyone and anything as good or bad, justified or not, um, you know, um, positive or negative. Instead of just letting people and letting things be and internalize that everything is okay in the higher powers world and I'm not one to judge. The intention of that judging. Um, another thing is my tendency to be fixated and stick to the rules in an extreme kind of way. Um, I'd like to share some experiences I had during my years in recovery that I think helped me grow and maybe even improve my service to other members. And I hope it can be of service to you too. I really hope you'll identify and find something you can take along for you. Um, so I used to man the essay Israel hotline for women uh, very early on because there were hardly any other ladies who were stable enough back then. Um, and some of the calls I can never forget um, was ultra-Orthodox women like me who were still unable to put aside the shame and embarrassment and the fear of being recognized by other community members. Some were weeping and describing terrible suffering. Some described how they are being torn from the inside because they were famous in their um, towns, communities, some in the field of education, even therapy, and so on. And they were torn between that and their lost problem. And naturally, I try to give them hope and invite them to our um, women's meetings and share some of my experience and the little that I had learned by then. But some didn't even dare show up. And nothing came out of it. I mean, not that I know of. Eventually, some of them disappeared. They stopped responding to my calls, to my invitations, and um, they might still be suffering terribly. I don't know. Um, it took years, only years later, than a long timer here in Israel who knows the situation well, told me that there's more that I can do when I ad adopt an approach which is a bit more flexible. For example, I could suggest to personally meet with a lady in a place where she would feel safe. I could show her pictures of my grandchildren 
and share my story on a more personal level, showing her that I'm a normal member of the community. And I must tell you that I, I tried it and it worked. A lady who is willing to meet one-on-one has a huge potential. And um, I can now think of uh, a very nice uh, young woman that was willing to come from far in Israel, but she made the effort. She was very, very nervous and uh, embarrassed. And we met for coffee a few times. She came especially, and we talked. And I tried to, you know, give the message like I was told. And eventually she got the courage and she did it. And she entered the rooms. And I think she is too embarrassed, but she has gone a long way. And now she's almost a year sober and on her fourth step and experiencing um, uh, really miracles. So um, this is something that took me years to realize. You know, um, another story is about a member who is no longer living. We think in our group here in Israel that she harmed herself and passed away in the, hosp- in the hospital a few weeks later. We came to visit a few times in the hospital, but um, it, it was tragic. And may this be in the merit of her dear soul. I hope so. So let me call her M. She was my sponsor for a while. She made progress in the program, and she stopped acting out with men completely till the day she passed away. Uh, um, it was still hard for her not to act out with herself. And at some point, she got a smartphone. It was a few years ago, and here was not so common. So she got a smartphone, and then she couldn't resist its temptations. It was becoming harder. And I consulted my sponsor back then. She said um, she has to get her phone filtered or change her phone. Otherwise, she can't go on with the step work. And so we stopped doing step work together. We still kept in touch, and I remember she used to share how jealous she felt when she heard other women share how they do their step four and the step five and so on. Um, she had some tools, and she did what she could, but... Uh, she never got to step four. And I, I just told you why. She couldn't really relate to any other, other female members so closely. And that's how she ended her life. It never occurred to me that there were still many things we could do together. Like working on willingness, praying for willingness or maybe working on step one over and over again, reading the literature and sharing about it, journaling, all kinds of suggestions. 
Now I know there's always an action that can be taken in the direction of recovery. This does not mean I bend the rules. It means I become more flexible in my approach, my behavior, my words. Um, years ago, I used to tell newcomers they must have at least two meetings a week or else, you know. Well, that is true, but not always wise to say. Um, I'd like to share a recent experience I had was at a women's meeting where I advised my sponsee, who was in charge of finding speakers like uh, our Nancy here. I advised her not to announce their identity in advance. Principles, not personality, right? And this is how I learned on the regional meetings and I felt very wise and very right, and uh, some other members on, on, at the meeting were resentful. And I told them very decisively that it's against the principles of the program. And I remember one member took me and another friend to the bus stop. And we continued the argument in the car. And then on the bus to Tel Aviv, we got a WhatsApp message on my friend's um, phone that the other member was so upset with what I said that she drove to a dangerous neighborhood and she's considering getting alcohol and going to act out. She was in real bad shape. Um, we were so scared. I didn't know. I had no idea that she recently had a breakdown. And I was sure she was stable. I know her recovery. I thought I know her recovery well. So we spent the ride long ride, trying to calm her down. And, uh, yeah, it was not an easy situation. Um, she told me that she has a very sensitive and complicated issue with a male program member that we like to invite often as a speaker. And she wanted to know if he was going to be the speaker. And only then I really understood and I apologized. And they realized that I could talk with a little more consideration. Um, maybe just change my tone of speaking. I was so decisive, so sure of myself. And I remember she said... Um, now, Ronit, why did I have to share my horrid story with you, horrible story with you, just to get a little compassion? Um, I also think I want to add, I know it's a tricky business because um, 
we know we need to stick to the program and listen and do what we are told. Um, and we need self-discipline. I know that. I think my self-discipline and the fact that I tend to stick to the rules also helps me stay sane and sober. It's actually also a, an advantage. But I think we need to find the balance. Five, that will, five um, minutes. Oh, thank you very much. That will help us be kind and generous also. Um, so when I want to be compassionate, I need to remember that I first need to have compassion for myself. Just like when I want to communicate with others, first I need to be connected to the here and the now, to my own feelings. I try to practice this, and Step 11 helps me a lot. On the internet, there are many meditations for self-compassion you can find easily. And I also use simple techniques to get connected. Um, maybe it can be helpful. So, you know, we are mammals. Um, so we need touch to anchor us. So I can do this while waiting for the light to change on the way to work. I lay a hand on myself and ask, what's here? What feelings are streaming through my body right now? I name a few feelings and remind myself that all humanity feels like that in similar situations. I'm part of society. And then I ask, what do I need right now? Um, maybe a prayer, a drink, a hug, listening to some music, or maybe some quiet. And I ask the higher power to help me give myself that. It's a good way for me to start the day, and it helps me deal with challenges as they come. I can also try to connect to my inner resources like flexibility and compassion by breathing. I imagine also walking on the street to work. I can imagine I smell flower or breathe from a balloon that's full of um, flexibility. And then I do it again with compassion and with self-compassion. And I imagine all my body filling with them from within. I imagine um, every body cell filling with compassion, for example, with compassion to myself and to all the people around me on the street, every face, every person. And it really works for me. So... Uh, I really hope you can connect to some of it. And uh, I send you not just my love, but the love of the uh, women here. We have two women's meetings here. And um, thank you so much for letting me share. It's a great honor for me. That's it. 
Thank you so Thank much. You, Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you so much, Anat. Rachna. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Rachna here from India. Thank you so much, Ronit. I, I thought you are a bachelor or a very young girl, you know. Then I hear in your story uh, that you are married and so on. Uh, what happened this uh, afternoon? I was really, really attacked by a very big lust hit, I would say. And this time... Uh, once again, it was about lusting after my husband and uh, he is not here at the moment with me. He has taken my younger son to the town for his uh, test. We are right now in the city. So it's 150 kilometers away. And I started fantasizing and it happened within few seconds, few minutes. And then I got to, uh, you know, understand once again that how cunning, baffling and powerful my disease is. Even if I am 20 plus months today, uh, that doesn't mean that, oh, wow, I can just fly or I can be in a cloud nine, you know, pink cloud kinds of thing. But yeah, it's just a moment. I was just few minutes away from, you know, finishing off my sobriety and everything. And I um, almost, yeah, thanks. I almost uh, touched the death and came back. I'm feeling like that. It was a kind of tsunami. So I want to know if you had this kind of experience at all. And if yes, then I would love to hear from you as a solution for me. Thank you. Um, thank you very much for your question. Um, it happens to me too, of course, even though uh, um, in the past few years, I my urge is more towards acting out on my feelings, you know, getting uh, very dramatic, um, very resentful, and so on. Um, and Last thing, thankfully, I experienced less. So it happens to me, and uh, I know it didn't go anywhere. Um, it's um, it's still, you know, lurking someplace outside. So, or maybe inside of me. Um, what I do is, uh, what I try to do is really connect to myself, like I said, and try to connect to my higher power as soon as possible. I try to take action. Um, it can happen um, in front of the computer. It can happen in front of a door window or... Uh, someone on the street, on the bus, and then I can take action, you know, remove myself from the place, um, well, change what I'm facing, move, but I really try to talk to my higher power as soon as possible. I don't have to really um, pray, you know, a long prayer or some a few sentences it can be even be like a cry from within I cry to the higher power 
silently in my heart, I can talk to him, tell him words, tell him what I feel and beg for help inside my heart. Then that I can do um, with many people in the room, present in the room, doesn't bother me, doesn't bother anyone. And it, it's very helpful for me. Um, of course, I am very fortunate in that I get calls a few a day usually from uh, female members here in Israel. And uh, I just need to be willing to answer. So when I took the calls and share the situation I'm right now in, it's very, very helpful to get me out of my own head to tell them exactly, I mean, I ask their uh, permission to describe what's on my mind, and this makes a very big difference for me. Um, As soon as I have the opportunity, of course, I try to sit down and do my step work in writing. But I admit this can take time, and... uh, I'm not perfect, but this is what I strive for. Uh, that's it. Thank you. Thank you, Ronit. I Thanks, want to Ronit. tell you. Thank you. I want to tell you that I call up called up my husband and cried in his ears on phone, and and we had a lot of talk and it helped. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Rachna. Right, Magda. Magda E. Yes. Okay. Oh, thank, thank you very much. Well, I would like I would like to say first, thank you very much for this beautiful share. Um, uh, for me, it's not easy to take care about me. It's very, very difficult, but it's easy for me to take care about others. And yes, and I realized that every day for me, without the lost, I I realized that I am feeling I am feeling pain, fears, shame every day, every time, sometimes, <laughs> and more. Well, I am sure that. With the steps, this situation can be different. I hope. Well, uh, I feel different. Yes, but um, now I realize that if uh, I am, I feel good. Uh, at at the same time, I feel fear. Uh, I understand that for that uh, I need the lost because Bye. it was my medicine. Uh, thank you very much. Ronit, you want to respond on this or? Yes. Um. Um, well, it was not formed as a question. I, I, it's important for me to say that 
I uh, to repeat that I really believe this is one of the things. This is one of the things um, I have no doubt that the higher power wants me to do is take care of myself because he gave me my soul and he wants me to keep it alive and to and he wants to be he wants my life to be good so I can serve him and whatever do whatever I can serve people so um, taking care of myself is doing what I can today. And having these hard feelings is part of what of our making, of course. Um, I I also tend to revert to feelings like shame and fear, and of course, sometimes I feel flooded, overwhelmed, and right. Thankfully, we have tools, and we are not alone. We are not in the desert. We have our. Uh, fellowship and and that's a big asset a big help thanks Ronit David G hey everybody David sexaholic Ronit thank you so much uh was a beautiful share um and the two things that I really related to is um my rigidity around rules um, like I, I'm a black and white person too. And the longer I'm sober, the more I'm realizing that God is my, my sponsor always just say to me, learn how to live in the question. Um, and, um, the other thing is that, um, you know, I, I love what you said about just holding your own hand. Like I forget that my whole being needs to be in recovery, body, spirit, and mind. And sometimes I forget I have a body that needs a hug that needs rest. Um, so um, I, I actually grabbed my own hand when you made that suggestion. And I just found my, my whole being just kind of ground. So thank you for that reminder. Um, and thank you for your, your story. Thank you. Okay, I will ask a question myself. Thank you, Ronit, for your share. What I want to ask you is, um, it's a little story and a question. Right before this meeting, half an hour, an hour before this meeting, I uh, I was really triggered by something someone said to me. It really triggered my trauma. I felt a lot of fear. I was crying, crying, crying. I prayed. I did a resentment inventory. I wrote a fear inventory. I went to my higher power. He has... He, hold, he held me in his arms. I felt very protected, very safe. But there was something in me that felt like I want to do something really bad, something really destructive, you know. So I was thinking like, you know what? I feel good now. I feel good with God. But still, my addict is screaming, do something bad, do something bad. So I wanted to go outside without a plan. And then I thought, this, this that's not a good idea. So I opened WhatsApp and I asked these guys from this meeting, like, hey, the meeting is in 10 minutes from now. Can I chair, please? I need it to stay sober now. And they said, yes, thank God. But my question is, what would you recommend? What would you do if you feel like that? What would you What would you say to people? What if there's no meeting to chair? What would you do? Do you have some experience, strength and hope? 
Wow. Thank you so much for your share. It sounds that you took many actions in the right direction of recovery, and you actually did whatever you could, which is good for you and gives me <laughs> inspiration. Um, well, I have to admit, I keep... Sometimes, you know, it happens that I keep go- going back to the um, place where I feel overwhelmed and um, in great fear. Like I described before, the, the fear um, three of my children in uh, currently experiencing such big challenges gives me a feeling of something collapsing around me. Like my, my stomach disappeared and I feel like it, um, empty on the inside uh, because I'm so scared, especially for one of the children. Uh, I feel like I'm experiencing, experiencing a nightmare. Very un, uh, it, it's hard. It's a hard uh, thing to experience. And what do I do? What do I do? So first of all, this is not a, <laughs> a solution for the for the present moment. But uh, I go to therapy regularly, and it works for me for many years. Mm, it's a blessing for me. Um, my therapist knows my program is above anything else. She knows it, but she is still a very big power in my life. And even I think when I feel desperate and in great fear, just knowing that in a few days I'm going to meet with her or maybe a couple of, a couple of weeks and she is available if anything, uh, uh, if I, if I need her desperately, I can always call or send the mail. It it also helps me a little, and um, I always try to say some kind of prayer. My problem is forgetting that, um, like I said, that. Um, I deserve uh, consideration too. I'm so worried about the situation and everyone. I forget to take care of myself. And um, what I would do, I think, is just start to share. In such a situation, I just have to share. So I think the most available one to share with is the higher power. And then in such a situation, I start making a call after call, phone call after phone call. I, I leave a message if there's no one on the other side. I can email even people if I have no choice. But this is something that, that can help me on the spot. And um, breathing deeply, trying to practice step 11. I think it's also it's also a kind of solution.
Natalie, there's, there's a question in the chat. Would you like me to read that? Yes, please. I had no chance to read it yet. Please. Uh, Tomas uh, from Ireland, this, this could be a long discussion or I'm not sure, but what are feelings? I know I personally sometimes don't know what I feel. And I have to get out that little pie chart that has all the different hundreds of varieties of feelings to kind of understand what my feelings are. So maybe that's what the question is about. But uh, maybe she has some wisdom on what are feelings and how to deal with them. Yes, thank you all very much for the question. Um, yeah, well, it's a, I think it's a common question that most of us deal with, especially in the beginning. And for a person to be able to name the feelings, I know I can tell about my senses, it usually takes them time till they can really name feelings. Um, and I make, I mean, in English, I don't know all the words, but it, there's a difference between a feeling of the body and a feel an emotion, and both are important to name if I want to connect to myself. And it's very important, like I said before, before I reach out to another person. Before that, I want to connect to myself. Otherwise, it's no real connection. Um, I'm still disconnected, like I used to be before the program. So emotions or body feelings. And yeah, I don't think it's funny to use the help of the list in the beginning. I know some of my sponsees find it really hard. They can tell stories. They can um, describe situations. But sometimes it's more, uh, it works better if you leave the story on the side and just um uh, just name the feelings like uh, shame or, well, you know, any other. So um, it is it is important, and uh, I think I learn a lot as as time goes on in recovery. You know. Uh, I I hear other sharings and I read the literature and and it helps and I learn to be patient with myself like any other process. It's a very important process. It's worth it. I I also can tell you that I try to stay connected even in the most you know mundane way. I like uh, I walk on the sidewalk or on the floor, I pressed my feet to the floor to to feel here I am, this is where I am now. I try to feel, you know, feel my body to get a feeling anchored, to get anchored to the here and now. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's important. I don't want to be like, you know, in a balloon attached to the ceiling as I used to be all those decades when I was in the, in the disease.
Thanks, Ronit. We have about five more minutes. So if you guys have questions, ask it now. Or girls. There's a question in the chat. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much, Ronit, for your personal touching share. Could I ask you one question? How do I make amends with my ex-family, parents, friends, whom I hurt through my addictive acting out behaviors, especially when a person who knew my acting out tells something to my ex-family? Thank you. Wow. So uh, thank you very much for the question. And I can tell it's a, a very sensitive matter. And it's not no simple thing, no, no, no easy thing. Um, so the, the, my answer is I would turn to my sponsor who knows me, who knows the situation, and who can take responsibility not for the outcome, but for, you know, giving me the right direction, like, the higher power would put in her mouth as as a pure channel for me the the right direction what I need to do. I can just say, add uh, talking about ninth step. Um, I just today I I was reading and sharing with with a sponsee from a Step Into Action um, member stories. Um, there's always something that can be done. There's always an actual um, action that can be taken to fix something in the situation. There's always hope and there's always what to do. And uh, really, I would suggest to read the member stories and the step into action about step nine. Um we got very emotional today when we read it. It was amazing. Um, so I I wish you luck, you know. I wish you find the willingness and open-mindedness to do what the sponsor ta- tells you to. Thank you, Ronit. Mike shared in the chat, thank you so much for the cool Calm, assured, share, Ronit. You have so much of spirituality to share with us. Thank God. It's not a question. I'm just reading it. There's time for one last question. Come on, folks. It's the opportunity of a lifetime. I think that's how you say it in English. (laughs) I'm just making stuff up. Yes, thank you, buddy. Yes, buddy, you're the last one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hello, kitty cat. Um, Ronit, yes, I heard you say that you don't know the words in English. What really has been helpful for me as I am healing from my uh, the trauma, from the PTSD, is to think of my body in the sensations. I have bodily sensations, cold, hot, 
uh, trembling. Um, and then the feelings, I look at those or I understand them as emotions. So rather than using that word feelings, which is confusing, I have sensations and I have emotions. And for me, the sensations usually begin first. My body is sensing something. Today I was at a bank, and as I was talking to the woman, my body was sensing something. And then as I inventoried my body, I understood there was an emotion that I wanted to connect with the woman whom I was doing the business transaction with. So that those are the English words that I use, sensations and emotions. And again, thank you for sharing today. I just got so much from you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Wow. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.